What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show, the podcast. And today, you read it in the title, we are giving MLB The Show 23 a final grade. Now, usually we do reviews right when a game first comes out. I understand that. But we've lived with this game for what is basically 11 months at this point, at the time you are listening. We are virtually one month out from MLB The Show 24. This week is the first week we are going to learn, hopefully, a significant chunk of information because the first feature premiere is on the 15th. But I think it's a little bit a little bit time for a retrospective. I think it's time to, as people are picking up the game again to get ready for 24, especially because there's no tech test, it's time to look back. It's time to talk about the things we liked, the things we didn't like, the things that were good, the things were bad. MLB 23 is probably going to go down as one of the least liked MLB The Show titles in a very long time. If not, potentially ever. That's not my opinion. I would disagree with people who say that. But if we're reading the room, let's be honest... There are some very, very aggressive, strong opinions about MLB The Show 23. People really did not like, at all, sets and seasons. I still think there's room for growth. I am not so harsh as to say something sucks the first time it's ever introduced. We gotta give these things time. But, regardless... We are going to review MLB The Show 23 in six categories. These are things I have deemed important when judging an MLB The Show game. Gameplay. Content. Legend pool. Mostly grading on the new legends. The inventiveness of the game. The new modes, if any. And what offline looked like. Because let's be honest, it's part of the game. So often we talk about this game as if, oh, it sucks, but maybe offline was great. We have to consider everything. So in this episode, we are going to give MLB The Show 23 a final grade. You may disagree. I welcome your disagreements. I welcome the conversation. This is a very divisive game. You either hated it a lot and haven't played it since June or earlier. Or you're an idiot like me, still playing. So, I welcome the conversation. Please let me know in the comments down below. As always, make sure you like the video so the algorithm picks it up. And subscribe. Because starting this week, we're doing all sorts of news and and, and recaps of the feature premieres and stuff on this channel. If you're new to my face, subscribe so you don't miss it. So, let's talk. Let's talk. We are going to start first with the gameplay of MLB The Show 23. You know what's shocking? By the way, before we get into this, I bought the DualSense Edge. Um, All of you told me I should buy it, and so I bought it. I got my bonus last week from work. Shout out work. So I had a little extra cash, and I thought I'd give it a try. Uh, Jerry's still out. Don't know how to feel. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out the right settings for me. Some games I hit the shit out of the ball. Some games it looked like I've never swung a bat before in my life. Neither here nor there. Regardless. Back to gameplay. 
it is unfortunate that this game got as much harsh feedback as it did on the content side. We'll talk about content in a few minutes. Because this gameplay was very good. Other than the weird, like, sometimes scripted ways in which you get out, or what feels scripted, they're not actually scripted, but what feels scripted. The perfect, perfect outs will always be a thing. Server strength and disconnects, in my opinion, is not a gameplay issue, it's a server issue, which it doesn't even make sense to give servers a grade, so we're not even going to talk about that. Gameplay in terms of just how the game played. Remember 22, how god-awful it was? 23 was a massive step forward for gameplay. Is it perfect? Of course not. It probably will never be. I don't know if there's any such thing in any sports game as perfect gameplay. Where you have to marry input and skill as well as animations in a game and weird flukiness of baseball. Like, I don't know if there's ever such thing as a perfect game. But Emily the Show 23's gameplay has been the most rewarding it's been in a few years. People might go back to 20 and say 20 is their favorite. I don't hate that. I, I think 23 has been the best it's been at least since then. I'm going to give gameplay a strong B+. A strong B+. So let me write it down because at the end, I'm doing this off the cuff by the way. At the end, we're going to put it all together and see if you can average letter grades together. Because I truly think the gameplay, for the most part, was not, like, it didn't make me bash my head against the desk. There will always be moments in baseball where it feels like you can't hit the ball out of the infield even though you're scorching it. I would say one of the things holding back game gameplay from reaching the A's is two things. I, should, I said one thing. It's two things. Number one... We still need to fix diving plays. They're too automatic. We need to nerf them. The The change in the throwing meter this year was awesome and a welcome change. It didn't make anything harder after the first week. Everybody just got used to it. We need to nerf an actual fielder's ability to dive and reach a ball or field it cleanly. We need more diving knockdowns. It's just ridiculous sometimes how also diving fielders cover 80 feet of ground when they dive. It's just too much. The second thing in gameplay that needs to be worked on is the relationship between balls hit into gaps and the speed with which fielders track them down. There are not enough doubles. There are not enough balls hit into gaps. I don't know if it's an outfielder positioning problem. Are they positioned in the wrong places? I don't know if it's an if it's a, a relationship problem between fielder reaction and exit velocity. I don't know if the, the math is synergizing correctly. Too many balls hit into gaps are chased down. Watch a Major League Baseball game and see how many fluky, weird hits make their way into the gap that are instantly... Flyouts in this game. 
I, uh, they, they made a focus either this year or last year. I can't recall which one it was, but either way, recently they made a focus on making the field seem bigger and play bigger. I, I want to say that was this year they said that. It might have felt like that for a couple weeks, but ever since then, it's felt like the same old tiny field. You either hit a homer, a dribble or single, or you fly out. Or strike out, obviously. But like it, it, that's it. Those are your outcomes. So I wish the field would play bigger. One other gameplay thing is that pinpoint sometimes is silly. <laughs> Curveballs hang. It has to do with the meta, the pitching meta. The pitching meta is getting stale. It, it is stale. It's been stale. That, I guess, falls into gameplay. That's another thing holding it back from an A. I'm ready for some new meta. But in terms of just... The fallover swing was basically gone this year. That was a huge problem in 22. They addressed that. They made changes that made sense. And I believe gameplay for MLB The Show 23 is a B plus. So we're going to stick with that and we're going to move on. Next, we're going to talk. I'm going to go a little out of order from what I introduced them as. We're going to go with Legends. What an excellent new pool of Legends this year. Truly. Like an excellent... Derek friggin' Jeter was on the captain's cover. Dope. Maguire and Sosa. Super cool. Regardless of whether or not they were usable later on in the year is, is your prerogative to decide. The Negro League's legends. All incredible. Satchel Page. Like we got dudes. What a good year for legends. I'm giving legends an A. Were there enough legends? That's a separate conversation. But they went out and spent some cash. Because I could guarantee Jeter, Sosa, Maguire were not cheap. That might be why there weren't like a million new legends. Because they were not cheap. I think, you know what? Revise. A minus. I'm going to go A minus on legends. Because I'm going to make a revision. And I've said this before and people have agreed. One of the things holding this game back, especially if we're going to keep sets and seasons again, we'll talk about that soon, is that there aren't enough legends. We need to spread the money around or have more money spent in getting more legends. So because we lacked some legend power this year in terms of legend depth, A-. I think that speaks for itself. We don't need to go too much deeper into legends. Let's talk inventiveness. Like it or not, this was a very inventive year. For MLB The Show. First, we start out with... Probably the most inventive thing... In... Sports video game history. The storylines mode. What an incredibly inventive thing. Through... The voice of Bob Kendrick... The introduction of these players... Or Jackie Robinson, who was reintroduced as an Negro League player. The animation, the production value, it won awards, or at least was nominated for awards. Incredibly inventive. Incredibly inventive. Next inventive thing. Captain cards. Execution might not have been great. And I understand that. But the captain idea 
even though it's been floated around by the community and something similar has existed in other games, it's it, it was unheralded, unprecedented in MLB The Show. The captain idea as, as a risk they were willing to take, I appreciate it. I respect it. I personally do not care for captain cards. That doesn't mean I dislike them. It just means I won't use them. I don't use them. I guess in their current construction, they don't do it for me, but just in general, I, I don't care to use them. That's just my opinion. I've seen enough of the durability boost and the Jimmy Rollins boost to never see a captain boost again. That's where we talk about some of the issues, where some are overpowered and some suck or whatever. Captains, though, interesting idea. The other thing that was super inventive, or the third thing I want to consider here for super inventive, is sets and seasons. We all have opinions on sets and seasons. Share them down below. <laughs> I would guess 80% of the game-playing population wants sets and seasons gone. If we're being frank. I would be okay if it was gone. I still think I want to see one more game cycle of it here, but improved. The goal of Sets and Seasons was to counteract the same cards being in the same lineups all the time. It didn't work. <laughs> it, it should have. But the execution was not fantastic. There were too many duplicate legends too soon that as soon as, like, one Kyle Schwarber cycled out... He's like the meme of Sets and Seasons. As, as soon as Kyle Schwarber cycled out, another one took his place that looked virtually the same, and it was as, as if your lineup was the same. Cattell Marte, same thing. Francisco Lindor, to a lesser extent. A lot of those type of cards. Sets and Seasons, this year, did not work the way it was intended. I have not a clue if it is officially back or not. I am assuming that's one of the things we'll find out in this first feature premiere. I hope that's one of the first things off the top that they talk about. Otherwise, that's a huge miss. You gotta talk about the elephant in the room with the first feature premiere, and this is the elephant in the room. So this conversation we're having right now might basically be null and void by the 15th. I think they took a risk on sets and seasons. They've never taken a risk like that before. It was an enormous risk. Tip of the cat. Cap. Tip of the cat. Who tips cats? Tip of the cap on the risk. Respect, truly. It is unreasonable for people to expect perfection in the first year of doing something so bold and different. But a lot of people did. They expected it. They didn't get it. And... Now they're like, I will not buy the game. If 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 it's back in 24, I will ne I will never buy the game again. They don't care. <laughs> of course they care, but like they don't your business or lack thereof does not impact them one iota. So go ahead, don't buy the game. Or go ahead and backtrack your words in July when you get bored of not having the game and you buy the game anyway. Um and that's fine. Listen, do with your money and your time what you want. No zero at the end of the day it's a video game. Zero judgments. It's for enjoyment. But I just find it funny when people are like, I, they're, I, I'm taking a stand. I'm not buying it. Okay. <laughs> sure. I don't care. Um, but for inventiveness, going all the way back here, whether you appreciate MLB The Show 23 or not, whether you look back at it fondly or not, it's an inventive game. It's an A-minus in inventiveness. 
I always look back fondly on this game. Maybe I have rose-colored glasses, but this is really one of the years I started to, to get some traction in the community. So I'll appreciate that. Maybe it's because I was one of the only creators... Not... I shouldn't say that. Um, not many smaller creators, better way to say it. We're still posting four videos a week when this game sucked. Or was dragging on. I was. So maybe that's why. That's not a shot at any other creators. Just wanted to point that out. Um, okay, so so far to recap, we're halfway through. We have gameplay B+, Legends A-, Inventiveness A-. A good score so far. But now we're going to talk about the stuff that's going to drag that score down. I purposely wanted to start hot. Let's start with content, and that's where we talk about sets and seasons again. And we kind of talked about it a little bit. There are a lot of issues with sets and seasons as currently constructed. Number one, I think the seasons are way too long. And the corresponding sets are just too long. I think the opportunity for... or Let me start over. I think sets and seasons presents the opportunity, better way to say it, for a lot of players to have really interesting cards. Like... like Think of it this way, and A-Rod will forever be my post, my post, mm, can't speak, my poster boy. Sorry, I'm all jazzed up. A-Rod will always be my poster boy for how sets and seasons should work. I know we don't have A-Rod's rights. Maybe we will this year. That would be fun. In my opinion, Alex Rodriguez had three very distinctive career segments. With Seattle... He was so incredibly well-rounded. The truest of five tool players. That's where we're looking at an A-Rod that's like 110's power, 110's, 115's contact, 90-ish, 92, 93, 94 speed, a great glove, a 99 arm. That's where we're looking at the A-Rod who could do everything. And then your next A-Rod. We lose a little of the speed in Texas. Not a lot of it, but we lose some of it. Maybe we lose just a tick from the glove. But now we're talking 110's contact, max power. A killer. And then when we get to Yankee A-Rod, he's the third baseman now. An entirely new position. He is max power still, at least early on with the Yankees. His contact has waned a little bit. His speed, he doesn't really run no more. He's a big old slugging boy with steroids in his body. He's still got a cannon for an arm. He's still an okay fielder, but he is a slugger. In my opinion, those are three very distinctive career segments that would make for three very cool cards in the sets and seasons format because every time you get a new A-Rod, you are using a different kind of A-Rod. And then in set six... Or whatever ending set there is where it's wide open again, you can choose your favorite A-Rod to use. That's how sets and seasons can work. I understand not every single player has that type of career path. But that's where and why we need more legends in the game. It offers us more variety. We should not get two 99s of the same person two sets in a row. Even every other set we should not get another Kyle Schwarber. It should be, you get him in set one, you don't see him again until set four. Or like the ass half, half of set three, all the way at the back. And I also think, as I mentioned, the sets are too long, the seasons are too long. We need to cut them in half. We need more turnover, more variety. 
especially with the grind. The way the grind started in the year was really bad. The way the grind finished at the end of the year was much better. If we can get that pace of grinding with faster or, or shorter, rather, sets and seasons, I think we're in a place that works better. This all hinges on content structure and legend pool or their willingness to give lots of current day players more variety in cards. Folks' biggest issues with sets and seasons also stem from too many 99s too early and the power creep. I think there is a world in which sets and seasons and the power creep kind of coexist. It mostly just ends up looking like the old power creep anyway. But I wonder if there's a way you can have a power creep within each set. I don't know. Or within each season. Content this year was 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 unfortunately disappointing. Even more so because content has mostly been SDS's strong suit for years. I think overall, even without sets and seasons, people starting to get a little bored of the content um, uh, variety. Headliner packs and diamond duos are the same thing, and they suck. Programs are basically the same. Uh, there's a lot of things that need some reimagining. I'm giving content a C. C. A C. I'm giving content a C. I, I think that might be a little generous. But I also think content variety is in the eye of the beholder. I enjoyed myself using different cards this year on my own volition. It's ultimately kind of up to you to just pick different cards. The game should be providing different cards, for sure. I'm not removing the onus from SDS. But ultimately, if you're bored of a card that you're using, stop using it. Just pick someone else. <laughs> and with so many 99s, there are other options. There are 10 to 15 options at every position right now. So, ultimately, I think it's a little overblown, but I do understand that I'm giving it a C. Next, we're talking new modes, or lack thereof. Um, there were no new modes this year, at least for Diamond Dynasty. Mini Seasons was slightly revamped. Haven't played it much, couldn't tell you. And Co-op was revamped. Um, that's it. Co-op doesn't work great. Mini Seasons is not my personal cup of tea as an online Diamond Dynasty player. Mini Seasons has a ton of potential, however. Like, a ton of potential. As a Diamond Dynasty offline mode. And I respect why that is important. And I hope it stays. I hope it gets better. I like it as a concept. But there were no new modes this year. It has been too long since we've gotten a new mode. Whether it be offline or online. Like, a true new mode. Mini Seasons, I guess in 22, was new. Sure, but like, not impactful, as was co-op. Not impactful. They could have been on the surface, but they weren't. New Modes is getting a D from me. I, I, I am hesitant to call it an F, because first of all, I don't think that's fair. But second of all, 
they did make improvements to mini seasons and co-op, both of which felt unfinished in 22, so they kind of finished them sort of this year. It really seemed like a two-year project doing mini seasons and co-op. Uh, whether it's fair to unleash, uh, to release, excuse me, half a game or half of a mode, that's another conversation. Um, it is unfair to call it an F. So I'm calling it a D. And then our last thing. Our last thing is talking about offline. As I said, Mini Seasons got a revamp. Franchise got a little bit of a revamp with some new drafting stuff. March to October remains the same. Road to the show remains the same and terrible. Storylines are technically an offline mode. So, in my opinion, this is the toughest category to grade. I don't play a lot of offline, so that's part of it. But there are noted attempts at improvement. The addition of storylines, which kind of seems like it's getting graded in two or three separate areas here, but it's, that's fine. This is where I'm going to need the most feedback from you guys. I'm curious what your grades for offline would be for this year. I'm going to call it a C+. That might be harsh. That might be accurate. I don't know. The franchise improvements... And the storyline's inclusion are great. The franchise is still lacking behind, but they made an improvement. The complete neglect of Road to the Show is really unfortunate, and the fact that March to October even exists is funny to me because I don't think anybody plays it. If this is the offseason where we get banging updates to Road to the Show and or franchise, I'm stoked for 24. Because I also think part of the reason people get so burnt out on Diamond Dynasty when content's bad or gameplay's bad is because there's no valuable offline alternative. If you provide us that, I'm telling you the opinions will be different. We need the offline alternative. So, we have our six grades. We have a B plus for gameplay, a C for content, an A minus for inventiveness, a D for new modes, a C plus for offline, and an A minus for legends. And now I'm looking for average my letter grades together. Grade calculator. Sure. Let's see. Grade number one. Oh, this is difficult. It's weighted and stuff. Advanced mode. What the hell? This might not be the website for me. Hold on, we're going to do this live. This is why we do this live. Grade calculator. Calculator.net. Uh, I don't like that either. Grade. We're going to figure this out, everybody. All right, grade. Oh, it's a percentage? Uh, letters. Here we go. Letters. Okay, hold on. We might be in. We might have found it. Content is a C. Gameplay. B+. Inventiveness. I spelled it right. Is an A-. New modes. That's a D. Offline. C+. There it is. And Legends. A minus. 
for the sake of this argument, okay, everything is being weighted the same. For you, content might mean more than gameplay, or gameplay might mean more than offline. I understand that is where it becomes personal. But for this, we're just talking everything holistically. Please enter grades and weights. Uh, what's the, what's 100 divided by 6? Now I have to do math. Oi, Maron, 100 divided by 6 is 16.67. 16.67. This is not going to work. Please, for the love of Ramon, work. I just want to be a teacher and give a grade out. Okay, here we go. Calculate. Okay. Based on these six grades, our GPA is a 2.67. Not good, in, in my opinion. Uh, that letter grade is a B-. minus. So based on this conversation we just had, MLB The Show 23 is a B-. minus. Again, if we start weighting things different, we start having a different conversation. That's just, that's, that's the way it is. I don't want to play with this math because I'm not good at math. But like, if we said content was a 30 and offline was a 3.33, that's not going to work. We're still a B minus. Yeah, it's a B minus. Whichever way you shoot it, guys, it's a B minus. Um, I'm, I welcome your opinions. This episode was really more of a rant than anything else. But if you made it to the end, thank you. Thirty minutes into the episode, basically. Do you agree? B minus, higher, lower, better, worse. Let me know what you think. As always, stay tuned to the channel this week for more content. And uh, a little recap of the feature premiere on the 15th. I don't know what's it, what it's about. They haven't announced at time of recording what it's about. We might know more on Monday or even the today. We might know, but as of recording on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, I don't know. That'll do it. I love you guys. Kisses. See you later.